So for those who don't know me, which I think everyone does, Pastor Paul Letvin, uh, one of two pastors here along with my co-pastor Bob Bartlett, we're just delighted that you're here today. I started a series on the fruit of the Spirit, goodness, I think it was four weeks ago, did part one and part two, and then took a little break to update everybody on some state of the church things and my trip to Washington, D.C., and then Bob spoke spoke last week. I, I heard some feedback from that. I heard someone say it was one of the best sermons he's heard Pastor Bob give in quite a while. I, I would agree, just just hit nailed it out of the park. So if you missed that, uh, we'll hopefully have it available on the website and uh, would encourage you to check out that message from last week. So today I'm going to be continuing on with Fruit of the Spirit. So we did an introduction. We talked about the first three fruits, love, joy, peace. Today we're going to be focusing on patience, kindness, goodness, will be our, our focus today, and once again, as uh, Tyler said, the big idea is bear and share patience, kindness, goodness. We've been talking about that, how, how good trees bear fruit, but if the fruit just stays on the tree or eventually falls off, it starts rotting and it just gets wasted. You know, so, so the same thing with us, when God is using us, when God's bearing fruit through us, through following him, uh, we, we need to share that that fruit uh, with others, you know, and, and just to, to, be, to be a blessing to those God has placed in our life. Fru- fruit is meant to share. So that's why it says bear and share patience, kindness, goodness. I'm probably going to be preaching mostly to myself this week, especially on that first one, patience. Well, I'm not very kind either, that one too. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I hope, hope you enjoy it and are as convicted as I already am uh, in giving this message. You know, it's so interesting. I think Bob would agree how, you know, when when a pastor chooses to preach on something, it ends up being something that they need probably more than anybody else. So anyway, I'm just going to pray again that God blesses our time. And uh, so let's go before him. Father, we are so grateful to be in your presence today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd move in each of us. Uh, just move in my heart through this message. Pray you'd move in everyone else's heart, Lord. I pray you'd bring uh, conviction. Pray you'd bring repentance. Uh, if there's things that we need to turn away from and start changing and, um, and pursuing you, Lord, as we talk about uh, these fruits of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you bring uh, encouragement to those who might be discouraged today, uh, that uh, you just give everyone uh, what they need and that you just prick our hearts. Just pray that you do that. Uh, give us open hearts, soft hearts, uh, attentive ears. Lord, pray, pray against distractions this morning. So many things, Lord, we can sit and start thinking about lunch or the weather that's coming or that kid that's crying off in the distance, especially when it's your own kid. And uh, I just pray you'd help us to stay focused on you and your word, Lord, that we would stand firm on your word today. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to look through that, uh, uh, share that verse one more time. So theme verse today, it should be at the top of your uh, notes in the back. We read it once already. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So, if you're worried about the, I, th- I think it was shared, yeah, Bob might have even shared this last time, like uh, the, the hundreds of laws uh, throughout the Old Testament and how, you know what, if you just focus on this, that's really all you need to remember. Jesus made it even more simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. If we're doing those things, you're, you're following the law. You're doing what God asks us to do. Let's not be like the, uh, the nation of Judah as, as Jeremiah was calling out to them and saying, turn away, repent. You, you know, you're you're going to be hauled off 
by the king of Babylon. They're like, no, we, we will not repent. You know, there's st- stubborn hearts. Oh, I, I've just so enjoyed reading through Jeremiah. Like, yep, that's like our nation. Yep, that's like our nation. Yep, this <laughs> it's just incredible. So w- once again, it's not too late to join that Jeremiah study, by the way. Our first meeting uh, we did via Zoom since we had all that uh, snow, etc. But uh, we'll be uh, uh, going through days one through five this coming Wednesday. So if you want to join, it's not, not too late. Uh, c- consider that. Um, it's uh, I, I've just enjoyed it. I think I'm on day 27 or 28 now or something, and oh, it just keeps getting better and better. Here's a couple of fun quotes for, for today. Uh, here's one by Mo- Moliere. Trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruit. Trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruit. And I am praying that that's true with our apple trees. <laughs> hey, wow. in, in front of our yard, my, my wife, ever since we moved to uh, West Fargo, she's like, oh, it'd be so nice to have some apple trees. And of course, when my wife says things like that, I'm like, oh, I better figure out some way to make this happen. And then, and then lo and behold, we had some storms that uh, took out two of the trees that were in our front yard when we originally purchased the house. I'm like, well, let's replace them with some apple trees. So it was an anniversary gift. What was that? Our seventh anniversary, eighth anniversary, something like that, yeah. And last couple, we had, we had like one or two apples on one of them like one year and then one another year. And now the last two years, they haven't borne any fruit at all. And I'm thinking, man, this would be a good year to maybe have a little, little crop of apples, you know, especially with all the supply line shortages and food places burning down and trains tipping over. You guys see there's another one in Ohio that that's, uh, got, got derailed just uh just crazy, you know, it's like, hmm, how's all this happening? So, but I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, uh, as your pastor, as a watchman, as someone who's watching the news and seeing what's happening, I highly encourage everybody sitting here to start doing whatever you can. And I know we're all in different situations financially and with space you have in your yard, et cetera, but do everything you can to start becoming self-sustaining. I just really encourage you to do that. You know, and uh, it's, it's one thing to stock up on stuff, but then it's another thing to start growing your own food. And I mean, because we just, we just don't know you know, what's, what's coming in the future. You guys have seen there's, there's egg shortages. There's a, there's a measure now in, in the city of West Fargo to allow residents to have chickens in city limits. And so I responded to that survey right away. Yes, please. And, and I think they're going to talk about it with the city council, like on the 11th or something like that for West Fargo. So anyway, you know, a, a, eggs uh, are going to be worth their weight in gold <laughs> pretty soon. You guys have seen the prices go up on that. Anyway, so uh, and I, I really feel, some of you guys might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with the Word of God, etc.? I, I feel convicted, I know Bob does as well, and as part of America's Black Robe Regiment, to not only look after your eternal well-being, but your temporal well-being as well. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, great, you got a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're saved, you get to go to heaven. But then what about between now and when that happens? You know, would I really be a good shepherd if I wasn't saying, hey, here's how you can... <laughs> survive <laughs> with what's coming. So that being said, uh, you know, everyone's got to make their own decisions, but I, I'd really encourage everybody here to take every steps you can to start uh, becoming uh, self-sustaining. Because when you start planting, there's a learning curve, growing your own food, like these trees. You know, trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruit. It, it, it takes time, but then the reward is, uh, is, is so rewarding, especially in, in our own lives. You know, sometimes it takes a while for God to teach us some things, but then once, once he does, oh, the fruit that comes out of that, you know, I've, I've seen him do that in numerous different people's lives that, you know, praying for, for years to come to know the Lord, and then they finally do, and God starts refining them, and then God uses them for incredible things. I mean, look at what God did with Paul, the apostle in the Bible. You know, he, he was out 
hunting down Christians and seeing that they were killed. And then God used him uh, to write, you know, most of the New Testament. Anyway, another good quote, Aristotle. Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Now, before we get too far into this, some of you guys know this, but it's, it's a dangerous prayer <laughs> to pray, oh, Lord, give me more patience. Give me more patience. Because he will arrange opportunities for that to happen. Uh, this week I was in a, a car accident, uh, got hit by uh, another pastor, actually. We were, we were leaving the same meeting, and I turned onto a, a street a little earlier than I was planning and made it over there, but the, you know, it was really slippery. This was Thursday, you know, people are still cleaning up from the snow, and the other guy smashed into me, and like, ah! Oh! So, <laughs> and right away I was like, oh man, I know this guy. And I was thinking like, is this good that I know him or bad that I know him? <laughs> but, you know, we, we worked it out. He claimed 100% liability because he hit me. And anyway, so now I've got a rental car and wasn't able to fit all the stuff in there. It's a Corolla instead of a Camry. So it's just a little bit smaller and that makes all the difference for me. And uh, so anyway, so God's been teaching me some, some patience and, and uh, just trying to have a good attitude about that. But um, beware, if you pray for patience, God will... Arrange opportunities for that to happen. God is patient. Let's take a look at that first verse. Uh, uh, Psalm 86, 15. God is patient. Why should we be patient? Because God is. You know, everything that God is, we should aspire as well. You know, why should we tell the truth? Because God is truth. You know, why should we pursue life and value life? God is a God of the living. He's God of, you know, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything that God is, is are the things that we should be pursuing, that we should be thinking about, wanting to become more like Christ. So why should we be patient? God is patient. Uh, Psalm 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The Lord waits for people. We can wait for the Lord. The Lord waits for people. We can wait for the Lord. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And I really want each of us here to really, really think about what this says. And, and I have anyone here, I know there's others like this, but I, I just, I long for justice. I see these wicked people getting away with wicked things, uh, particularly, you know, in, you know, the abortion facility that moved across the street in Moorhead and just, you know, murdering innocent lives uh, every week, you know, just, just the, the, the tra you know, the, the open borders we have, the, the, the trafficking that's happening with children, uh, just, I could go on and on. It's like, okay, Lord, why don't you just take these wicked, evil people out? And he's, he's patient. He's not, he's not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And sure, there, there probably are some of these people, politicians, etc., and, and they are in that category of, of being given over. You know, they, they've completely rebelled and turned away from God. We, we don't know who those people are. You know, could Joe Biden come to Christ? Sure he could. I don't know if he ever will. You know, we, we, th we think, you know, George Soros, like some people are like, send that guy to the blazes right now. You know, but, uh, but you know, who, who knows? You know, we, we, we don't know. And you know, when we think about it, if we didn't have Christ in our lives, any of us could be in any of these wicked, evil categories that we place other people. You know, we, we really could. And, and, that, and I have to remind myself of that when I see wicked people doing wicked things and say, you know what, Paul? If you didn't have Christ in your life, you'd be right there with them. And, and that helps me to, 
have more patience, even though it's, it's difficult. Having five children, holy smokes. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. That's where I really need to grow in my patience. Uh, Psalm 27, 14. The Lord waits for people, we can wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Another good one. Um, Isaiah 30, 18. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. God, God is exalted when he shows mercy to people. You know, For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Isn't that interesting? We see mercy and justice right in this same verse, just like we do in the cross. God, God showed us mercy and justice simultaneously when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of justice. And for all those people that you hear say, well, the God of the Old Testament was angry and wrathful, and then in the New Testament he grew up and became, became loving and kind. Isaiah 30, 18, God never changes. He's always been just. He's always been merciful. He's always abounding in steadfast love. So patient, so gracious. We see it right here in this verse from the prophet Isaiah. Another good verse, you guys have heard me quote this before, Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's one of my favorite verses to meditate on when I'm doing a daily office, just sitting in stillness and quiet uh, before the Lord, just abiding in Christ and, and just slowly thinking about that verse. Okay, Paul, yep. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Much easier said than done. Much easier said than done. Um, another good verse for me that I, I like to meditate on, um, Psalm 31, 15. My, my times are in your hand. So our, our time belongs to the Lord. And, and I, I've gone through some phases in my life where I, I notice that I'm getting uh, irritable, speaking harshly to my kids, harshly to my wife, and I'm thinking, why, why am I doing that? Why, why, why am I behaving like this? And I think, well, it's because whatever's happening is taking time away from my precious schedule and to-do list, and I'm not getting the things done that I, my, my schedule's being interrupted, so then I become impatient, angry, irritable, and I speak harshly because of that, and then God's convicting me and saying, you know what, Paul, your, your time is not your own. You're, you're on my time. You're on my time. You know, so, Psalm, Psalm 31, verse 15. My times are in your hand. So the next time you're sitting behind that car that's going 25 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone, and you're thinking, holy smokes, Grandma, let's get going here. And <laughs> I know, I know no, no one else here has ever had thoughts like that. It's, I know it's just me, but uh, just that, okay, my times are in your hand. And, and you know, I, I've... I've uh, told myself to feel better about being patient. I'm like, you know what? God's probably just saving me from something. So he stuck me behind this slow-moving vehicle. So <laughs> wish that would have happened on Thursday instead of getting in a car accident. I wish I would have been stuck behind some slow person so that guy would have passed me ahead of time. Anyway, but uh, it is what it is. He's teaching both of us something. We're still friends, by the way. We've been, we've been texting and <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, sorry that happened. Oh, bummer. Uh, anyway. Uh, next one. We are to be patient with one another. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
it can be a challenge, can't it? You know, with the people in our lives, the people that we uh, regularly see, you know, just, just granting that patience, living with humility, being gentle, but that's what we're called to do. Patience must be accompanied by forgiveness. That's part of being patient. Uh, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 13. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And this is God's word. Listen to that. As the Lord has has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Um, There's been times in the past when I've given messages and I've used the word must and people have approached me like, man, pastor, that seems kind of intense for you to say we we must do this. Like it's coming And uh, I'm just quoting the word of God. God says we must forgive. God says we must forgive. And yeah, that, that, that's a challenge. It's probably even offensive to some people. God, you don't know what this person did to me. You have no idea the pain that they caused me. I, I don't, so that's right. You, you can say that to me, but, but God does. He knows exactly what you're going through. And in spite of whatever that situation is, I, I don't see any clauses in this statement that would excuse anybody from not forgiving anyone of anything. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And brothers and sisters, I want to urge you right now, uh, holding on to grudges and bitterness is going to not only prevent you personally from growing deeper in your relationship with the Lord, but it, it could affect this body of Christ. God might be preventing this church from moving to a next stage where he wants to bring us and preparing us to minister to other people because there's some of you sitting here that have unforgiveness in your heart. And it's, it, it stifles our growth. So I, I just really encourage everyone here, search your heart, myself included. I've been wounded deeply. You guys know I've got a brother that left our family back in 2005 to pursue uh, his own lifestyle. And uh, thankfully I got to see him and as far as I'm concerned on my end, like, yeah, I've forgiven him of all those things. And, uh, but man, I've, I've got to check my heart now and then with, with certain people. Like, man, have I really truly forgiven them? And, and usually the things that we say are a pretty good gauge if you've forgiven someone. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're, if you're speaking ill will or, uh, you know, against somebody, there's a good chance you probably haven't forgiven that person. And, and, and once again, as, as God says in his own word, the best, the best advice I have for myself and for you, if you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, as the Lord has forgiven you. Think of all the things that I have done, that you have done, that have offended God, that have broken his law, that, that earned me a one-way ticket to hell if it wasn't for what Jesus did for me on the cross. Uh, I, I am just as guilty of breaking God's laws as anyone else. And, and, I, and I deserve hell. And thinking about that, wow, Jesus forgave me of everything. How could I possibly hold a grudge towards somebody else? And, and, that, and that's part of being patient. Uh, uh, forgiveness needs to accompany that. So question for us to consider on this fruit, how can I show, some, how can I show the same patience to others that God has shown to me? That God has shown to me. 
And being a father with five young children, God has been teaching me so much through that. And I think to myself, man, why do I have to put up this? I have to tell this person the same thing over and over, you know, training, teaching, reteaching, etc. And there's been times where God has spoken. Paul, you know how many times I've had to teach you this lesson? <laughs> again and again and again. <laughs> it took you so long to learn it. You still haven't learned some lessons I need to learn. And God's so patient with me. Uh, let's go to the next group. Uh, kindness. Mark Twain has a quote about kindness. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. It's a universal thing to, 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 to be kind. And I'm not talking about this. I know, I know we've seen the whatever, rainbow flag hearts that say be kind, whatever, you know, this, 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 is, this is talking about what, how God has commanded us to be kind. And sure, some of it can be applied to that. Everyone deserves respect and kindness, no matter, no matter if they're saved or unsaved, no matter if they're living a sinful lifestyle or not, simply because people are made in the image of God, we should be kind to them. Doesn't mean we have to agree with how they're living their lifestyle or approve of their lifestyle or go along with what they are asking us to do, we, we need to speak the truth in love. We know that. But, but yeah, ki kindness is a universal language. Uh, kindness is also accompanied by forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. We, uh, we came up with a song for this one with our family, too. Anybody want to hear it? No, okay, we'll move on. Oh, you... <laughs> Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, woo-hoo. That, that's, that's the part where all the kids like pipe in at the end. Woo-hoo, they, 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 they like that part. But, but then they remember. Uh, you know how many times my wife has quoted that verse to our kids? Dad, Josiah hit me, they pinched me, but be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Oh, yeah, we go through that one a lot. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. That's part, part of being kind to people is to forgive them, is to forgive them. Show that forgiveness. God's kindness is what leads us to repentance. God's kindness, think about that. Because of God being kind, it results in people turning away from their wicked, evil ways and turning towards God and his truth and his life by being kind. I mean, man, that's convicting for me to hear. Like, how, how can, you know, snow blowing somebody's driveway might turn them from a path towards hell to a path towards heaven. We have no idea how just one kind act, you know, could, could affect somebody. Uh, Romans 2, verse 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? He's, he's so kind. He's so kind. He gives us so, so many chances. God's kindness is immeasurable. Ephesians 2, 7. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We, we, can't, we can't even measure the kindness that God has shown. You know, we think, a, think about a scale or, you know, the weight of the oceans, the sands of the sea. You can't, you can't, even, you can't even measure God's kindness. I was out looking at the stars last night. Maybe some of you have seen this, but... Uh, 
Venus and Jupiter, those, those two really bright, really beautiful. V Venus is the one that looks, looks bigger to us right now. It's higher than Jupiter is below that, but oh, I, I, just, I just love looking out at the stars. And you think about the thousands, millions, billions of stars, you know, every, every telescope that they develop that can see further and further out into uh, the universe, they just see more and more and more stars. You know, it's, it's infinite, you know, God's kindness is even beyond that. It, it outmeasures the number of the stars. Just, just incredible. Here's a challenging one. Be kind even when it is undeserved. It's easy to be kind to someone who's been kind to you, right? You go snow, snow blow someone else's driveway, like, oh man, I want to snow, and then they come snow blow your driveway. What about the neighbor that's the jerk? Where their dog's always doing business in your lawn and you know, they're blaring the music and they're, you know, yelling. Oh, we had some interesting neighbors in uh, Grand Forks. Thankfully, we have, we have some pretty good neighbors now. Uh, but it, it's, it can be a challenge, can't it? You know, or that, that family member or that coworker, you guys know who I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's hard to be kind to those people, right? Uh, but we need to be kind even when it's undeserved. Luke 6.35, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Wow. Evil people get to enjoy sunny weather just like so-called righteous people do, don't they? O only righteous because of Christ's work in us, right? Be kind even when it's undeserved. So here's a question. How can I better demonstrate acts of kindness to others? How can I better demonstrate, demonstrate acts of kindness to others? And, and, I, and I really pray <laughs> that some of us are sitting here and that we're uh, uh, just a little bit uncomfortable right now, a little bit, oh, yeah, I need to grow. And, but don't, it's, it's not me trying to make anybody feel bad. It's me. How, how can we live our lives to the fullest by, by walking in the Spirit and, and, and really bearing these fruits? Because Christians, that, when, when we're doing these things, all these fruits we're going through, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when the world sees those things, that's, that's what's going to draw them in. You're different. You're so cheerful even though this day has been awful. Uh, you, you've been at peace even though this tragedy is going on in your life. Uh, you were so kind to me when you did this. This person called you a bleepity bleep bleep and you didn't say anything back. You showed so much self-control. How do you do it? Because people, they, they can't. They can't do it without the Holy Spirit working in them, guys. You know, they're, they're a slave to their sin. And Christ has given us a higher calling. So, so I hope this is encouraging everybody. Yeah, man, I need to grow in being more kind. I mean, I think you guys would all admit, my, you know, my, my wife is just more kind than I am. I, I, you know, that's, that's something I need to grow in. Like, I just need to be more kind. Like, just showing a genuine interest in uh, other, other people, you know, and, and taking time to stop and listen to them. You know, I'm, I'm always in such a hurry, like getting stuff done. You know, I'm an achiever. Yep, let's get stuff done. Let's do this. And uh, God's, God's teaching me to slow down. How can I better demonstrate kindness, acts of kindness uh, to others? Okay, and lastly, goodness. Number six, goodness. Now, if you're wondering why there isn't a quote on goodness, it's because I couldn't find any good quotes. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> I knew someone would appreciate it. Thank you. I paid her five dollars for the courtesy laugh. No, because uh, I couldn't find any good quotes. No, uh, you know it, it's funny, isn't it? Now, now you guys are going to be <laughs> walking out. I hope this isn't the only thing that you remember. But so, so just just like the guy on the screen with the public service now, and he said, you know, it's actually daylight saving time. Although most people say daylight savings time. So I'm going to do another 
grammatical correction for everybody today, but you know, frequently you might ask someone or they might ask you, uh, you know, Privyat Kagdila, uh, which, you know, it, which is how are you, sir? <laughs> I've been working on Russian lately. Uh, how are you? You know, and, and you say, good, I'm good. Oh, how's the food? It's good. <laughs> well, well, guess what? The definition of goodness is that which is morally right and righteous. So technically, when someone says, hey, how are you doing today? Yep, I'm morally righteous today. How's that food? Oh yeah, it was righteous. It was, it, it was, this is some morally upstanding food. I mean, it's been following all the rules. It's been, you know, so, but technically, you know, when, when you say good, that's, re that's really what you're saying. So, and I, I've tried to teach my kids saying, you know, when someone says, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm doing well. Or, you know, how's the food? It's delicious. It's tasty. You know, if you say good, you're saying that it's morally right or righteous. Uh, God is good and enables goodness in us. 1 Peter 2, verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And then 2 Peter 1, 3. This is from the NIV 84. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. There's nothing good about us outside of Jesus Christ. He, he enables us and gives us the ability to be good, to be righteous. All of us are stained with sin, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, we've been forgiven of that. And, and, and when he looks at us, he, he sees that righteousness. Do we still sin? Of course we do, but God's forgiven that. And we're, we're called to live a, a good life, pursuing what's morally good, what's morally upright. But we can only do that through God. Um, and you guys know... Uh, this isn't on the screen, but uh, Luke 18, verses 18 through 19, you know, they, they came up and said, you know, good, good teacher. And Jesus is like, only God is good. Wow. So if Jesus is saying that, why do you call me good when only God is good? Think about that. Only God is good. What if I don't know what, sorry, what if I don't do what I know is good? The right thing. What's scripture say about that? James 4, 17, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. If there's, you know, and we, we might just think, okay, don't do any bad things, don't break God's law. Well, guess what? God holds us to a higher standard than that. He calls us to do good things. He saved us to do good works. And when there's something that the Holy Spirit pricks you with, that he's calling you to do, and you don't do that thing, for you, that's a sin. Could even be like, oh man, I know this family's been going through such a hard time. They're uh, so-and-so just passed away. Oh, I, I should probably bring them a meal or something. And then, and then you kind of stop thinking about it. So maybe a couple days go by and, th and then you never do it. Well, for, for, for you, that's a sin. I mean, you, you, you had that thought that most likely came to you from the Holy Spirit and, and we're, we're, ca we're called to do those, those good things. If you know there's something good, there's, there's a proverb, I uh, can't remember which chapter it's in, but you know, do not, do not withhold good from your neighbor when it's in your power to do it. You know, do, do not tell them, go, and tomorrow come back when you have it in your power to help them right, right now. So that's another convicting thing. Not, not only to do what is good, but, but to do it in a timely manner. You know, to, to, you know, right in that moment when God calls you to do that good thing. Because, because otherwise, if you don't do it right away, that's when it's easy just to kind of, uh, yeah, I'll do it when I get around to it, and then, and then you never end up doing it. We're, call, we're called to do what's good. We must not give up doing what is good. 
Raise your hand if you've ever felt like, you know what, I'm just ready to throw in the towel. This is, this is too much work. Uh, these people are too far gone. Lord, just beam me home. Get me out of this mess. Come, Lord Jesus. I'm tired of help. You think Jeremiah felt like that? Noah, Moses, all these famous heroes of the Bible. Oh, yeah, you bet they, they felt like quitting, giving up. Elijah, after he just called down fire from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice, and then Wicked Witch of the West, Jezebel says, far be it from me that if by this time tomorrow you are not like these prophets. Ah, and then he runs out in the country. I'm the only one left, Lord. There's no, there's no one here. God's got to feed him with ravens because he, he fled. But I mean, think about that. God just used him for an amazing miracle. And then he gets a threat from this little lady with a broom and then he, and then he runs, into the, runs, into the, <laughs> runs into the desert like a scaredy cat. But how often are we like that, right? God uses us for great things and then and then something gets tough, we're like, oh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I know I felt like that many times standing in front of an abortion facility downtown, which has now just moved across the river to Moorhead. I'm thinking, man, is this, is this ever going to stop? These, these ladies keep coming. These escorts keep helping them. They keep murdering innocent life. And, and it's easy to feel like giving up going to that next uh, school board meeting, feeling like they're not listening to you. There, there's, there's so many things where it's, where it's we, we want to quit. But Galatians 6, 9, be encouraged, everybody. And this would be a good verse to memorize, by the way. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Put it to, <laughs> there we go, put it to a song. I haven't done a song for that one yet. Yeah, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. And, and trust me, and I, I know I've, I've uh, processed through some of this with my co-pastor Bob, but uh, there's been plenty of times in the last eight and a half years where me, I've felt like, man, Lord, just not seeing any fruit through what you're doing through me. Through it. and, you know, and it's easy to kind of have that attitude, you know, just like, man, I just feel like a plow horse, you know, plowing up the field. You know, I, I've, I've felt like that in the past. But uh, I keep moving forward, keep pressing on, and, and, and God, God has opened my eyes in so many ways. Even um, recently at my surprise 40th birthday party, and just hearing all these things that people shared, some, some of the things I had forgotten about, I'm like, wow, I had no idea I had that impact on these people's lives. You know, they, it's very fresh to them. You know, some things I forgot, and then as people are sharing, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. And, it was probably one of the greatest gifts I've ever had. I felt like it was, uh, I felt like I was at my own funeral. And people were sharing all the things that Pastor Paul had done to influence. I mean, man, that was a gift. Man, that was a gift. And, and, uh, and that encouraged me. So, so I share that with you, this verse with you. We, we, we need to encourage each other to keep standing firm, to keep doing what is good. Uh, because, and, and that's the beauty of the church body. Uh, and remember, wh- whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He, he breaks out against all sound judgment. You know, Proverbs 18.1. So as soon as you start feeling like, eh, I don't think I want to hang around with these people anymore. I'm fine on my own. Woo, woo, woo. That's, that's your warning. Okay, that's when you need to be with other people. You need to be with believers that can encourage you. Because there's going to be some days where, you know, Michelle comes in here and she's all cheery and things are going great. And maybe Rachel had a rough week and she can encourage her. And then the next week, maybe Michelle had a bad week and... Um, 
you know, the Owens can encourage her and what she, you know, and, and that, that's, that's the beauty of being part of a, a church congregation, part of a family in Christ is that, is that when, one, when one part is feeling weak and defeat and discouraged, chances are there's someone else that, that had a great week and, and can encourage them. You know, uh, wow, wo- woe to us today when we all show up and we're like, there's no hope. And we, we all just break down crying and like, well, all right. You know, so I, I, ideally, ideally that won't happen, you know. And, and so, so we need to encourage each other in the day. Okay, so last question. What, what changes must I make to continue in what is good and to do the next right thing? And sometimes that's what we need to focus on. It can be so overwhelming, uh, all, all of the battlefronts that we're on, and you just have to ask yourself, okay, what, what's just the, the next right thing that I need to do? Let's not worry about all these other situations. Let's just take this one step at a time and just make that next right step. So what are some changes that we might need to make to continue to do as good and to do the next right thing? So big idea once again, bear and share patience, kindness, and goodness. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this time that we can be in your presence. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would turn our hearts to you. Lord, I, I pray that uh, as you've brought conviction uh, to each of us, as you've brought uh, encouragement, if you, as you've brought challenges, uh, I pray that we just apply these things to our lives, Lord, that's, so that we can bear and share the good fruit that you've asked us to. Oh, Lord, I pray we'd submit ourselves to you, that we would turn away from going our own way and turn towards your way, Lord. We know it's, it's, it's challenging. It's a daily struggle. It's a, uh, a decision every minute that we need to make. Are we going to follow you or are we going to follow, follow our own ways? Lord, I just pray you'd uh, continue to use us to encourage one another uh, to grow in these things. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us, uh, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. God, you showed your love for us. Uh, by sending your son to die on the cross. We just thank you, Jesus. We, we remember that now, the great price that was paid, so that, so that you can look at us and see the righteousness of Christ. Nothing that we did, but everything that you did for us, Jesus, on the cross. We praise you uh, in Jesus' name. Amen.